What is going on, everybody? If you don't know, now you do know you're officially tuned in to a very special edition of the HFWB podcast series. This is your host, Clifton Pope. And with me today, I have a, a very old friend of mine who is it's long overdue as far as him coming back on my HFWB podcast series. And for those who don't realize, he was actually one of the very first guests I had on the HFWB podcast series oh so long ago. And yes, it's been a while, but the fact that he decided to make his way back onto the HFWB podcast series goes to show you that sometimes things are full circle moments and everything. But if you don't have any idea who I'm talking about, the man who I'm about to bring on is pretty much a, a man of his own way. I mean, the dude is literally hands-on. He literally is so much of a hands-on guy. He's a, basically a handyman within his DNA. And with that, he launched basically his own company based off of that <laughs> called Superior Odd Enterprises. And if you don't recognize that name particularly, yeah. let me introduce you to the man who's behind it, my good old friend, my Powering Higher Devotions compadre, Mr. Mike Rodriguez, to the HFWB podcast series. Mike, I could sense the PhD Productions reunion here, man. <laughs> oh, man, it's coming out. It's, it's already starting to spill out of my ears, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. This has been long overdue, man. I mean, we done came a long way since we kind of did that speaking thing last year. We kind of all branched out, you know, me, you, Laz, and Dave, and we kind of just yeah. branched out and did our own thing. But eventually we're all going to come back and unite as one and kind of bring in back what we kind of all learned to where we could continue to grow within that. But overall, for the right people who are listening, for the people listening to the HFWB podcast series who wants to know who is Mike Rodriguez, the individual, how would you best describe that? Well, man, I'm a uh, I'm an adapt and overcome kind of person. So there, there's not a lot of quit in me. I, I might get knocked down a couple of times, but you know I get back up every single time and I keep on pushing, man. Um, yes. I come from the school of hard knocks, you know. So if you want to know the hard way to do something, ask me. I'll tell you. If you want to know how to mess something up, ask me. I'll tell you that, too. <laughs> you know? yes. But at the same time, I'm going to help you be able to recover from stuff like that. You know, anything that knocks you down, I can help you back up. You know, right. help you with some guidance, some words, you know. So, yeah, that's about me, a little bit of a nutshell, man. Yes, it's kind of, it goes back to just like, you know, you fall down seven times, you get up eight times. That's the best way to summarize you, Mike. And, that, right. and that, that is true. I mean, from based on your story, man, I mean, you don't, if you, if you need to get something done, you figure out a way to get it done. And it's like, look what's transpired. Right. Now you have, like we were just talking earlier, we just, you have your own general contractor company and Superior Odd Enterprises. And that's just incredible within itself. Yeah. And for the people who are listening to the HFWB podcast series and wants to know what Superior Odd Enterprises exactly is, what is the purpose behind it and what kind of services does it offer? Well, what Superior Odd Enterprises is, uh, actually, Superior Odd translated from Latin means dare to know. Uh, it's something that my uncle used to tell me. You know, he's a, a Baptist pastor, and it's something that he used to tell me whenever he would drop nuggets and uh there was something that I never, I never tried to figure out what it meant until I was, you know, in my teens and, and uh, finally figured it out. <laughs> I was yeah. like, so he's been telling me to figure it out all this time, huh? 
Yeah, man. So with that, uh, I've always been into construction. I've always been, you know, a, a bit of a handyman. Uh, I've remodeled a few houses and uh, I've even helped build a couple of houses. So it was just something that I didn't, uh, I wasn't ready, I guess, to start. You know, I, I wanted to try all these other things. And finally, I realized this is something that I can actually help people with. Um, and so I do a lot of consulting for a lot of uh, a lot of homeowners, even a few apartment complexes. Um, and sometimes I get to go and fix their problems, you know, whatever they got going on. Um, I use everybody that that comes to me if they have some sort of a skill, um, then I can put them to work. You know, uh, right. they do. Uh, they will be my subs. They will be my subcontractors because as a general contractor, I essentially just broker the deal. You know, a homeowner comes to me with a problem. Uh, I offer a solution. If they accept the solution, I go and I find the labor. And I'll get the labor. And I'll say, hey, look, man, this is what this job is paying. Do you want it or not? And if they say yes, no big deal. The job's yours. I get a little markup on that labor cost. Uh, if they say no, no big deal again. I'll just go on to my next sub. You know, so I literally spend most of my time on the phone and uh, walking down jobs. Yesterday, I, I walked down 11 jobs. And of the eleven, eight of them been accepted so far. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's kicking off, and I'm staying super super busy, man. So, no, yeah, that's that's basically what I do as a general contractor, man. No, no, and that's incredible, man. And there's nothing wrong with staying productive, and it's like we need more of those kind of basic services like the plumbing and the electric and all that because right. the baby boomer generation is getting ready to retire. And it's like I was having a conversation with a couple of family members who were visiting a couple of weeks at weekends ago. And it's like those jobs like that alone, once those baby boomers retire and it, they disappear off into the sunset or whatever, those jobs are going to be more mm -hmm. dependable than ever. And it's kind of like, Mike, with your business, you're basically kind of offering a platform to keep those opportunities alive as far as those jobs, because a lot of people don't understand the importance of those until it's needed. Right. I mean, I'm guilty of this myself. I don't think about like electrical <laughs> situations or plumbing situations until, oh, the, the power goes out or, oh, my toilet or my sink is clogged up. Then it crosses my mind. But it's something that we should always <laughs> definitely... It's something that we should always definitely yeah. keep on the back of our minds for sure, definitely. Yeah. Based on that definitely. experience and the services that you offer, Mike, do you have like a best story, best story and a worst story as far as where you feel like you've made an impact on someone else's life within your services and or experience to where it was so bad to where it was like unforgettable for you? Man, so far, uh, one of my bigger wins is moving into the commercial field. Uh, I, uh, I help a client install uh, ice machines, like vending machines, where you go pay a dollar, bag falls out, you get your bag of ice and whatnot. Uh, I've installed two of those, and we're getting ready to install three more. Uh, so that's actually a really solid relationship that we were able to form uh, just really by, by talking to the guy and, you know, just, just you know, shooting the shit and then realize that he's got these projects, he's stuck, he doesn't know how to move forward, he doesn't know how to get these permits, you know, he's having trouble finding electricians, 
And uh, in all that, I was like, you know what? I got electricians. He's like, you do? For what? I was like, for anything, man. You know, it's what I do. I, I make connections. I broker deals, you know? And he's like, what do you mean a broker? You deal bros? I said, no, no, no. I'm a general contractor. And essentially all a general contractor is, is a broker. I find a customer. I find the service. I get them together. I get paid. You know, and so yeah. it went from, yeah, it went from installing one ice machine to actually uh, installing another one in Falfurious. And we got another one going in in uh, Edinburgh. Then we've got one going in in Concan uh, out there by Uvalde. Uh, so we, we've got, you know, we, we've got future work with this guy. And so he's pretty excited at the fact that I'm able to you know, put these people to work. I'm able to get things going for him and I'm able to get him the results that he's looking for. Really laid back guy, you know, so he doesn't set uh, really firm, hard driving, like you're going to do this expectations. He's a really amazing client of mine. Um, now, worst case scenario is one, uh, one homeowner that wanted me to renovate a kitchen. So I go into this kitchen, and as soon as I step on the floor, I almost fall through it. Then she's like, oh, you got to step on the hard spots on the floor. I said, well, hold on. Hard spots? Now you tell me this after I step right through the kitchen, right? My God. Yeah, I'm about to fall through it. I'm about hard spots. I said, well, what happened to your floor here? She's like, oh, well, it flooded. And it's been like this. I'm like, how long has it been like this? And she's like, she's talking three or four years. And I was like, you've been walking on this floor for three or four years, and you want me to remodel your kitchen. She's like, yeah, I want new cabinets. I want a new sink. I want a granite countertop. I said, look, I said, uh, whenever you build a house, you need to build it on a solid foundation. Because no matter what you put on the walls, no matter what you put on your roof or inside the house, if that foundation isn't any good, anything you put inside of it ain't no good neither. I said, now, I can charge you, and I'd be, I'd be happy to renovate your kitchen for you. Absolutely. But someday, this floor is going to give out on you. And when it does, I'm going to have to come back, and I'm going to have to pull out this kitchen that you just spent all this money on to renovate. And you're going to have to re-renovate, you know? Mm-hmm. And on top of re-renovate, now you're going to have to pay for a floor. So you're going to pay for two kitchens and one floor. And she was like, well, I didn't think about that. I was like, I understand. I said, well, tell you what, let me look under your floor. Let me see what we got going on here. Um, and so, yeah, her subfloor is all rotted out. It needs to get replaced. I gave her a bid, told her this is something that I can do. I definitely have the teams. I've got the manpower. It's no big deal on my end. Uh, and then after I submit the bid, she's like, oh, that's three times too expensive. The last person that came in here gave me a, a price of this much. I said, well, I don't understand. Is that all in? Is that labor and material? She said, well, yes. I said, I don't understand how. I said, your materials alone are almost one and a half times his bid. Are you sure that call, that, that, that bid is going to cover everything? They said, well, it is. I was like, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you go ahead and give him a call and let him know that you're going to move forward with him. You know? And she's like, well, you know, I can maybe do almost what you're asking. Uh, if you can come down about four thousand, I said no, no, no. I said you don't, you don't seem to understand what this is. That's the price. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, was like, I, 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 that's the price. You know, I mean, and and when you go to the grocery or you go to the shoe store, you go buy yourself a nice pair of Jordans. 
you know the price when you grab the shoe. You know the price when you try it on. You make it all the way to the cash register, and they ring it up, and they're like, okay, these Jordans are $242 with tax. You're not like, oh, well, you know what? I can do two. You know? And then they're like, yeah, here's a, you know, how many times I want to do, do that. Uh, can you do two? You do 225, you know, it's, it's not a barter situation. It's not a negotiation. You know, this, this is what yeah. Yeah, the, the price is what the price is, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't I don't like to be I don't want to be as hard nosed as I am about it. But the thing is, is once I discount myself, then that person knows what I'm worth. And now they know what I feel I'm worth. And every mm -hmm. single time they call me they're going to beat me down. And so yeah. I'm going to approach them with a mindset that they're going to beat me down. So I'm already going to come at them with a lower price. And eventually I'll start doing work for them for free. Yeah, and that, that's not how it works. I know my value. I know what my time is worth. I know what my subcontractor's time is worth. I don't negotiate the price. That's just what it is. You can pay it or you can't. <laughs> it's, you know? yeah, it's just that simple. I mean, and that's just the way it works in the world of business. It's like you got to set your price and then you just got to continue to live your life as your business continues to yeah. operate. Yes, yes, right. indeed. And for anybody, Mike, who's listening, who's like inspiring to like be maybe in the position that you're in as far as being like in the general contractor world and having their own business and everything, but are kind of undecided mm -hmm. on how they want to go about putting all this together. What would be some key pieces of advice you would tell them listening right now? Oh, you know, you, you know, I love indecision. You know, I love indecision. You know, my, my, no. one of my favorite phrases, one of my favorite things to say is more is lost to indecision than the wrong decision. And the, the world, the, the roads of the world, are paved with squirrels that couldn't decide which way they got to go. You know yes. what I'm saying? So right. even in the wrong decision, you still learn lessons. So don't think by making the wrong decision that it's a loss. You know, any kind of L's that you have in your life, those need to be lessons, not losses. Right. So if you're worried about taking the wrong step, take it, take it. And if it messes you up, that's a lesson right there. Now you know not to do that. While everybody else is sitting undecided, waiting for that perfect opportunity to come up, and they just sitting there trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, what you need to do is make that decision. Decide, put, put action into your words, and start stepping. And you do it right, wrong, doesn't matter. Pick a direction and go. That's it. Being a general no. contractor, it's, it's not hard. It's easy to do. It really, really is. People think being a general contractor means that I have to have million dollars worth of equipment uh, and I have to have all these employees and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, you know what I got? I got an email that's specific to my company. <laughs> I got my Suburban that takes me to all my clients' houses. I got a tape measure and I got a phone and a camera. That's what I do. That's how mm. I'm able to run this business. With those items right there, I don't have a I don't have an ounce of equipment. I don't even get the shovel out of my storage. You know, mm -hmm. if I need equipment for a job, it, it's not my problem. That's my sub's problem. Mm -hmm. When I tell my sub, look, we're gonna have to do plumbing, you're gonna have to trench, this is what it is. My subcontractor, my plumber 
is going to say, okay, I've got to go 100 yards. I need to get a trencher. I need to get this and that and the other. Mike, this is what it's going to cost you to do, do that job. I turn around. I mark up that cost, and then I turn over and give it to my customer. I usually mark up 50%. Sometimes I mark up 100%, just depending on uh, the severity and the difficulty of the job. And I mark it up because I guarantee you there's always times that we run into something and I don't like going back to my clients and asking for more money. I've already left it in that cushion of that 50% of that 100% markup. There's money in there to compensate for any kind of additional issues that come up. So if you're trying to put something into motion, what you need to do is just just decide and just go with it. Even if you don't know, even if you're not sure, just go. Don't don't spend your time on your phone researching and trying to figure out if it's the right move. Just move. Just go with it. I don't like yes. sitting behind people that get stuck at intersections. You know what I'm saying? I like I to just you. go. Let's go. It's, you know, exactly, so that's exactly. the best advice I could give anybody. Yes. Yeah. And and to give like a good little bit of an outlook as far as into what you do, Mike. Where do you feel like the future of just labor in general is going within the next five to ten years? Based Man, on what you're and how you're out in the community doing these things. It's uh it's getting harder and harder to find people. I mean you, you hit the nail on the head. People uh they're doing less and less of labor intensive kind of work. You know, so everybody, we all need to ditch diggers, you know, and we, we all need electricians. We all need plumbers. Somebody's going to have to do it, you know. So, yeah. but the issue is a lot of these people, a lot of, a lot of the younger generation, I, I, I think they say it's working smart, not hard. And I get that. You can work smart and not hard in any field that you can think of. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, it doesn't mean doing minimal amount of labor for the maximum amount of, out, of money or result. You know, sometimes right. sometimes you just got to roll your sleeves up. Like Dave says, you got to roll your sleeves up. You got to get into it. You know, yeah. so um, I have noticed that contractors are harder and harder to come by. Uh, I've got some contractors that meet with me and they sign my contract, you know, my labor contracts with them and we are in business and stuff like that. And, uh, and they talk this big game, but when I send out my invitation to bid, they always decline. And then they're like, Hey man, do you have any uh, easy work? Do you have any quick work? Do you have anything that I can get done? Like in 30 minutes, I'm like, no man, that's, 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 that's hobby kind of work, what you're trying to look for. That's handyman work. We don't do handyman work. There's handyman people that do handyman work, not me. You know, we're, we go deep. We pull out all your walls. We get down to the bones of your house. We put in all new insulation. You know, we, we go through all kinds of intensive work to make sure that our clients get the best result they can afford. You know, and uh, people that are willing to work hard like that, it's a dying breed, man. It's a dying breed. I don't I don't run into a lot of people that, that want to do that kind of work, you know? And, I, and it's funny how you, you said the words hard work because it's actually leading into the next part I was about to get to as far as either or where I'll ask you which one would you take out as far as either or and stuff. 
Would you take uh-huh. someone who's a hard worker or someone who is just talented based off of just skills and gifts and stuff? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Honestly, I would go with hard work. I would prefer somebody who's willing to work hard uh, only because it shows their drive. You know, um, I was I was explaining to my wife the other day. Uh, we were we were talking about some people that she works with, and also you know talking about my daughter and what she's going to do because she wants to be a nurse practitioner. And um, the subject of knowledge and wisdom and all that kind of stuff came up. And I told her, I said, well, the way I see it, a lot of the people that you work with, they got knowledge, they got the book smart. They've read it. They highlighted their pages like they're supposed to, and they wrote their reports and all that. But what they don't have is they don't have the wisdom. You know, they don't have the wisdom to be able to apply that knowledge. Now, you'll see a lot of people that are painfully talented, and they can do a lot of things with the talent that they have. They also know what their worth is and what their value is. But a person who works hard will always work hard. And a person who is talented will only work to the edge of their talent. You see? So if you had a hardworking person, let's call him person A, and you've got an extremely talented person, person B, and I give them a job, and let's say I'm paying them $30 an hour, but person A, my my hard worker, has been with me for – 15 years, he's getting 30 bucks an hour. And I bring in this new talented person and um, they're getting $30 an hour. And they come to me and person B comes to me and say, hey, you know what? I work just as hard as person A. And I, I, I work as much as he does. And I, I, I got all this knowledge and I got all this talent and I got all this, that, and the other. I want more money, right? Yeah. So- some people would be like, okay, so if I don't give you more money, you're going to walk. And they'll, they'll get into negotiation. But the difference is I, I can say person A and person B, for the most part, do the same job. They do great. Mm-hmm. They do great when the job is easy, right? They can hoist a main sail when the job is easy. When the waters are calm, they can both hoist that main sail and keep my ship moving forward. But the hard worker, see, I can trust the hard worker to hoist that main sail in stormy waters. And I can't mm-hmm. trust a person with talent to be able to hoist that main sail because I don't know if they have the talent. And I especially don't know if they have the experience and they have the wisdom to hoist that main sail in the storm. So that's why I prefer hard workers. I like people that want to just, let's just get it done, Mike. Give me that bid, I can get that job done. Give me that bid, I can get that job done in two days. Give me that bid, I can get that job done in no time. Give me, and I've got people like that. Now, I do also have talented people, but I've also found that those talented people are the same ones that say, you know what, I don't want a job that big. Can I Can I take this easier job? Or do you have anybody that just wants me to go and paint trim? Yeah, and it's like you got all that talent and you talk all that game, but you want to paint trim. Yeah. You know, it's like, you why, why do you want? Why do you want to take the easy work? 
you know, and those are the same ones that, that also want me to offer them the same amount of money to award them uh, the contract when I've got my veterans that have been with me all this time and I'm happy to pay them. They give me a number. I don't even quarrel. I'm like, oh, 600. Yeah, you got it, man. 600. You know, I, I don't even fight them because I know they're going to give me that result because I can trust them to give me that result. You know, so that's, so that's how I feel. That's, that's, that's my differences right there. <laughs> no, no, that, 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 that's great stuff, Mike. And that's stuff that people need to hear because there is a fine line between hard work and talent for sure. Now, my yes. next even or I have for you, would you rather have loyalty or respect? Loyalty or respect? Man, yes. truth is, I would rather have respect over loyalty. You know, uh, I can have I can have a lot of people be loyal to me and not be worth a damn out there. Mm -hmm. You know, and there are people that are hard workers that have worked for me before and we respect each other. We just don't get along. It doesn't mean that they're yes. a bad person. It just means that me and they don't click We're we're not. We're not meshable, you know? and yes. with that, I, I can deal with that. You know, I can deal with that because those, those people right there, those those respect people, when they leave me, they don't talk trash about me and I don't talk trash about them. And when anybody calls me and asks me about them, uh, it happens a lot whenever they go do a job and the homeowner or their client asks for referrals. They know they can send those people to me and I will tell them, you know. He's a good person. No, he doesn't work for me anymore. You're right. Dude don't work for me anymore. But it doesn't mean that he's he does bad work. He does amazing work. It just means that he and I we, we don't we don't see eye to eye with clash. But yeah. if I could get him to work for me, I'd put him to work for me. Now loyalty, loyalty's great. You know, a lot of people like loyalty, but even a loyal dog will bite you. You know, so with that, it's like I I can have somebody who's loyal to me to the point that they will push the envelope with me and they'll figure out how far they can get me and all that kind of stuff. And, and they'll, I'll realize, you know, how far I'm willing to accept their trans transgressions. But ultimately what is allowing them to push that envelope with me is the lack of respect, you know, and if a person doesn't respect you, they're not going to give you the results that you're expecting from them. They're going to push the envelope and they're going to take you for granted, but they'll stay loyal. They're going to be loyal to you because you feed them. Just like when you, when you go outside and you feed one cat, you come outside the next day, you got three cats and they keep coming by because you keep on feeding them. They're loyal to you, you know, but they don't mean that once you stop feeding them, they're going to stay around. You know, it just means that they're loyal to you for, for the convenient time uh, during those those calm waters when yes. the loyal people can hoist that main sail versus the ones that respect you. You know what I mean? They can they can hoist yeah. that main sail in the rough waters. So I prefer I prefer the respect over the loyalty. Yeah, I got you. I got you. We're going to make this a little bit interesting on the either or. And we're, I'm just going to throw random ones and see which one you would pick okay. out of the ones. I got a couple on my head here. As far as what would you take? Burgers or pizza? Oh, man. Why you got to put me in a hard one like that? Can I, <laughs> can I do a, 
Can I do a, a, a select all, multiple choice? Can I, can I pick A and B? Hey, I mean, <laughs> either or is a good choice. It's just if you have to pick. Honestly, if I had to pick, I'd go with pizza. Yeah, i go with pizza. I like pizza more than I like burgers. Um, here's a good one. Hot dogs or tacos? The, what would it say again? Hot dogs or tacos? Tacos. Tacos win. This is how Texas, man. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm going to really put you on the spot with this next one, Mike. Would you rather oh, take... Yeah. Would you rather take rum or whiskey? Oh, oh, whiskey, whiskey. <laughs> there's, there's a real smooth whiskey I like, uh, and and I like it a lot. Smooth, it mixes well, and you could drink it on the rocks, just right out the glass. Oh man, it's good. I like it. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> And if, if I'm going to put you in a little scenario here, Mike. If you were, like, say, trapped on an island and you had to listen to, like, five music albums for the rest of your life, what would those albums be? And it could be any person, any genre, whatever. Um, let's see. Okay, one, one album that I like that I can jam to, and uh, I don't know, it's a I don't know if it's going to date me or not. I like Pink Floyd. Um, and one of their albums I like is the Pulse album. It was uh, it was the last album that they had. I believe it was the last tour that they did also back in 95, and I missed it. I should have skipped school and gone to go see it, but no. Nah, I was too busy going to the beach and doing dumb things, you know, so I missed yeah. out on that. Um, uh, another album, let me see. There's a country singer, Cody Jinks. You know, I, I guess I could jam to, to a couple of his albums. Uh, man, and after that, it'd be, I don't know. I mean, am I being forced to listen to these songs? Do I got to hear them all the time? Or no, <laughs> is it just going to no, be my selection? Uh, let's see. Uh, man. Well, there, there's a... Uh, yeah, there, there's some other music that I like to listen to, like... like um, Man, shoot, I don't know. There's so many. Um, Which ones stick out to you the most as far as that person that you can listen like to their whole catalog? This is another another band that I like, uh, Headphone Activists. I don't know if you heard of them yet, but I like them. Uh, Rez. Uh, you see... Creaky Jackals, like all those, uh, all that music right there, Soul Chef, uh, a lot of it's just instrumental, kind of like like jamming music, not a lot of lyrics. Some of them don't even have lyrics to them, but um, I like that kind of music because if, I told this to, to Laz also one time, um, I listen to this music when I have to think and I really have to get that that result, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if I put on music I can sing to, I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to start singing that music. Then I'll be like, oh, you know what? I want to hear this song. I know. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. You, you see? But if you put on something like like Clouds or Winter Garden or, or you know, uh, Headphone Activists, those guys, 
uh, it's just music, you know? Yeah. And so it just starts jamming. And before you know it, man, you just start vibing and you, you start, start mapping your thoughts, man. And then it gives you a chance to really, really get down and figure out what you need to do and get your priorities in order. Cause you're not getting distracted by, by, you know, all the lyrics and, and how that song made you feel or, you why why you that's your favorite song because you were 13 out in the backyard or whatever you know and you remember that song no none of that gets in your head because it's just it's just music to jam to you know but yeah i kind of went around that question but <laughs> oh, it's, it's all good it's all good mike i mean i think the people listening got a good idea that you're very well diverse in the music and you listen to different music that the normal people don't listen to which is Fine, I do the very same yeah. thing myself. So there's nothing wrong with that. Right on. Next question is a, a real easy one. Who's your favorite sports team of all time? Oh man, my favorite sports team, San Antonio Spurs. Old school. Mm-hmm. Old school San Antonio Spurs. Back when we had Ginobili, we had you know when when when, yeah. when they were back, when when they were heavy, you know, like like I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago, something like that. San Antonio Spurs, man, I love the I loved them back then because they they were hard hitting. Uh, they stuck to the basics, you know, and they they were very systematic in the way they played. They didn't get fancy. Uh, they they weren't all all crazy with all these wild ass passes. Once in a while, they they get down with their passing game, but uh, for the most part, man, that team was by the numbers. And the reason I think that they they played so well is because their competition would practice to play teams like their competition, you know? Um, in order to to beat the Spurs, you have to play like the Spurs. You have to understand what yep. their numbers mean. You have to understand exactly. why they pass, and, and they don't mess around with all their crazy passes, and they're not trying to juke you, and they're not trying to break your ankles, and none of that. They're just playing straight, straight by the numbers basketball good, clean basketball, you know, and yeah. it's hard for, I, I think it was hard for their competition to, to beat them because they didn't play dirty and because they didn't play dirty. They didn't give a lot of other teams opportunities to catch them on fouls, you know, yeah. because they were always hands out, always hands tight, always hands down. You know, it was never like, Oh, <laughs> you know? exactly. they never played like that. So I think that, that, uh, I think they were a good team. I mean, I still think they're a good team, but I haven't watched them in in, in so long, man. I don't know how they play anymore, but yeah, that's well, my they, favorite. They still, team. Got the, they still got the same basic principles and fundamentals because they still got good old Greg Popovich there as the head coach, but he's pretty yeah. much looks like he's on his way out because he's been there for so long and he wants to move on with his life and everything. But overall, Mike, yeah. I just have. I just have one last question before you, before we wrap everything up here. And if there's one thing that I know right. about you, Mike, as far as from the day that I met you, is that you take on the role of leadership more serious than probably anybody I've ever met. And if anything, I feel like that's something yeah. that we need more of within this community as far as to try to make a difference in overall society and for future generations and stuff like that. In your eyes, Mike, right defines the overall perfect leader or close to perfect leader, at least in your eyes? In my eyes, uh, 
Let me preface it by saying I would I would listen to my leadership, but I would double check with the janitor. You know, and the reason I would do that is uh, something I've explained. I'm going to use uh, my, my daughter as an example. She, she's going to college. She's at A&M uh, because she wants to be a nurse practitioner, right? And yes. so I told her when she started all this, it's important that you get your CNA. And I want you to get your CNA certification. I want you to start at the bottom. And you got to learn. You got to learn and learn and learn. And, and she, she forego all of that. She didn't listen. So now she's in college, and she's killing it, too. She's doing great. Uh, mm -hmm. She's getting ready to start the nursing program and all that. And so finally, I sat her down. And I said, do you know why being a CNA is so important uh, as, as a nurse practitioner? She's like, no, not really. I mean, they're, they're like at the bottom. I was like, yeah, they're at the bottom. And that's where you get your knowledge. That's where you get your wisdom. You know, knowledge is in the books. Wisdom is from the janitors from the people that have to go clean the bedpans and make the beds and, and they see all the messes they're following them nurses and the nurses are change that bedpan, change that bandage, change this, change that. And all of that, all of that following the order stuff is going to give you the wisdom that you're going to need to be able to lead a team. So mm. when you come to your team, I said, let's say you're a nurse practitioner and you're working in a doctor's office and you just get there to work and you walk in and your team is crashing and burning around you because they don't know how to do what, and they don't know how to do that. A nurse that started at the bottom and worked her way up will walk right into a, a, a dumpster fire and know exactly what she's got to do to extinguish it. She'll know exactly how she has to put that fire out instead of being the person on the sideline just screaming and pulling her hair like, I don't know what to do. Where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? Who's, who's going to do this? And who's going to do that? Yeah. An effective leader walks in and knows exactly how to dissect the problem, knows exactly how to bring it all down. They know how to categorize it and they know how to get their team because they've identified the strong points in their team members. They know how to, how to mitigate it and they know who is going to be strong at taking what care of what parts of that issue is happening. And you'll be able to put that dumpster fire out fast because you've got the wisdom. So an ideal leader is going to have that, that wisdom. They'll have the knowledge, you know, but more importantly, they need to have that wisdom. They, they have to have that why things work mentality. Uh, it's important to know why something works versus that something works. I don't care that my car works. I care why it works because whenever it breaks down, I'll have an idea of what I've got to do to fix it. Now, if my car breaks down and I only know that the car works, now I got to go pay somebody and hope to God that they don't, they don't bend me over uh, trying to tell me that I need a new engine when it was just like out of gas or the fuel mm -hmm. pump is out. You know what I'm saying? Knowing yeah. why something works and why things have to be the way they are is more important in my eyes than having people just to just keep throwing at that fire. It's like throwing money at a problem. So that problem goes away. You're wasting yeah. money. You're wasting time and energy. If you know how to get to the core of that issue, you can lead it, you know? So that that's, that's what I think. I, I want, I want leaders that know why things are, why they are that matters. 
You know, and yes, it does. That that's that's a very well description of what a leader truly is. And as a matter of fact, if the people who are behind the Oxford Dictionary is listening to that, they need to put exactly what Mike's definition of a leader is right <laughs> next to it because it's literally the spot-on definition of a leadership and probably one of the best definitions I've ever heard. Well said, Mike. And with that right being on. said, and let the people know where they can find you as far as about your superior auto enterprises and how they can contact you about that and just keep in touch with you, man. Yeah, right on. Well, uh, Superior Yacht Enterprises, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can call me. My number is 361-537-4701. Or you can shoot me an email at uh, Mike Rodriguez at S-A-E-L-L-C dot info. And uh, those are the, the primary ways to get a hold of me, man. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, Mike, it has been well long overdue. I appreciate you for just taking time out of your busy schedule to catch up with yours truly on the HFWB podcast series. And as always, you're more than welcome to come back on my podcast whenever you got something going on or something you just have to say in general. It's always peace and love, my brother. Right on, Cliff, man. I appreciate the time, man. I really, really do. No, of course, Mike. And also for everybody who's listening to the HFWB podcast, I have to throw this out here before we leave. Mike just got finished celebrating his birthday earlier this week for those who are listening <laughs> listening at a later notice. So that's why he's in a very great mood right now. And it was just it was just bound for us to kind of connect and like hold us together one day, one thing at a time, man. But Overall, Mike, thank you once again for just being a part of the HFWB podcast series once again. I truly appreciate it, man. And for everyone who's listening to the podcast, this is yours truly, Clifton Pope from Health, Fitness, Wealth, Business. I encourage everyone to stay healthy, wealthy, and blessed. Peace and love. And until next time.